did I just see a ghost? Ah, ah, ah. You know the blue people with the uh, tails? Hey, good game, shooter. We transition from to Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello. From the studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Down. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, part of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Josh Witt, and this is episode 15, Oklahoma State. You got to win this one. (laughs) And West Virginia did win this one. But you have to get this one, right? And you don't want to say any win is a must win or any game you go into and say, we got to have this one specifically in early January, but you can't help but look at the schedule and big 12 gauntlet all the way through. But you look at the next three games, super gauntlet at Kansas, you know, the drill there, West Virginia's never won at Allen Fieldhouse. The next game home, ah, who do we get to play? Baylor, Baylor national champions killing it this year. Follow that up, road trip, Lubbock, Texas, at Texas Tech. That guy who should be wearing a fishing hat, he's okay at coaching. (laughs) Because Texas Tech, that was the first game on ESPN2 at 7 p.m. In Waco, Texas Tech at Baylor. Good game all the way through. Texas Tech made some big shots, made it. A slugfest, kept it in the 50s as Texas Tech does under Chris Beard and now under the guy, the fisherman. And Baylor loses. They, they end some kind of winning streak they run, you know, because they won the national championship, but they lost at home to Texas Tech. So you play Kansas, you play Baylor, then you play the team that beat Kansas and Baylor. Okay, so those are the next three games. So circling back to the game tonight, it's like, okay, you got to have this one. But you see Baylor lose at home, and you pause. Like, oh, is it going to be that kind of night where the home team, the favorite, is going to lose? And then you look at, speaking of history, you look at West Virginia's history versus Mike Boynton in Morgantown, and somehow Mike Boynton has Huggins' number in Morgantown, and he's 3-1 and one versus Huggins. And in the three games Oklahoma State has, has won in the Coliseum, they've scored in the 80s. And the one they didn't win, that Huggins came out on top, Oklahoma State didn't break 50. So I'm going into this game concerned because history, but also – looking for a low score. If it's 43 to 40 at halftime, it doesn't matter if West Virginia is winning. That's not the pace. We need a, we need a rock fight. We need a slug fest. And so with that as the parameters, you get 10 minutes into this game and West Virginia scored 12 points. If this is against Youngstown state, you'd say, Oh no. This is a terrible offense. Where is the scoring going to come from? Why are they slow? Why are they so lethargic? But in conference play, Oklahoma State, they only had 12 points as well. 
And that's the pace we want to win. And West Virginia did win. At that pace, West Virginia wins 70-60 to 60 in a game that wasn't that close. It was not a, as close as a 10-point game. West Virginia was up 18 with four minutes to play before Oklahoma State made a little mini run. Called timeout when everybody wants to get the heck out of there. Mike Boyden. <laughs> I don't know what kind of victory that is, but I'm making everybody hang out a little bit longer. But he, he relished that, I'm sure. And the thing I liked about this win, besides they needed it, is you kind of see this game either as an outlier or as the formula of how West Virginia is going to stay in games in the Big 12 Conference. They're not going to win them all. And guess what? We're four games in to the the Big 12 schedule. Some teams have played four games. Uh, Nobody's undefeated. Everybody's taken a loss. So that escalated quickly. So in conference, how West Virginia played the night, this may be the formula. Caused turnovers. They they turned over Oklahoma State 17 times. They held Oklahoma State to under 40% shooting. Oklahoma State, not a great three-point shooting team, but they held them in check. Nevertheless, just because you don't shoot threes against everybody else (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> doesn't mean you can't do it against WVU. But that didn't happen tonight. West Virginia had more assists than the other team, which is not common. And West Virginia attacked the basket. Oklahoma State's good at defense. And West Virginia attacked the basket, got to the free throw line. And this is the this is the this probably the outlier. Most definitely the outlier. West Virginia made their free throws. And when I say they made their free throws, they only missed one. They made a ton of free throws tonight. Uh, So great win. And when you're looking at individual efforts and you pick like a most valuable player this game, the easy pick is Jalen Bridges. In this kind of, this last three games in conference play, Jalen Bridges has been a roller coaster. Great aggression at Texas only scored two points in the Kansas state game. And we're right back to being aggressive. And he led the team in shots. Definitely a stat that says aggressive. And he led the team in points made 10 of 10 from the free throw line. He had three blocks. He didn't have any turnovers. I believe he ended up with 22 for the game. So that's, you know, everybody's clamoring, where's the where's the scoring besides Taz and Sean? And when you get it from Jalen Bridges tonight, and it's, yeah, he did a couple of shots where he created for himself. He drove the lane one time and made kind of a, a six-footer. He, he drove it to the basket on a break and got a layup. But he... You know, it's cutting Jalen Bridges. It's he doesn't even have to create the way they played the night. He's just got to make himself available for the shot and take the shot. And he did that tonight. So it'd be easy to pick Jalen Bridges, the leading scorer of the game. Sneaky, you could make it'd be harder to pick Taz Sherman as the MVP of this game. 
But I'd love to hear that argument because Taz Sherman was arguably the best player on the floor without having to do a lot of ISO on offense, you know? Like, he was in control when he had the ball. He he had a turnover here and there. The Predator can get a turnover, you know, because of how strong he is and that he's, you know, 32 years old. But Taz Sherman tonight, you know, Jalen Bridges gets a lot of buckets, and that's great. Three of his six baskets came from Taz Sherman. Eyes up, creating, getting into the lane, finding Bridges cutting. You know, I, I like that. You know, we still get points, and is Taz Sherman still shining, but also giving the ball up to somebody. Uh, it's just more in the flow. Like the offense tonight, whatever Huggins did, and they look like they were running some different sets tonight and doing some different things, it showed because, I mean, it's not like they set the world on fire. They missed a ton of bunnies, as they do. They barely got the 70. But just it was something different, and it was attacking a an aggressive defense. So I liked all of that, and Taz Sherman was orchestrating out there, and I liked that. So sneaky pick, Taz Sherman. I could hear that argument, but we all and well, I know my pick for most valuable player. It's got to be Gabe, right? Like, Gabe shine tonight. It's not even close. And he's the MVP, and he only played 17 minutes in the game. But think about that first half stretch for Gabe. You know, Gabe's a great passer. Gabe likes to triple pump, you know? That's something he he does. But in that stretch in the first half, Gabe, he did kind of a, not a whirling dervish, but definitely a how did that ball go in near the basket. Gabe dunked the ball. That's right. He got the ball and dunked it. He drove. So he got the ball at the top of the key. He put a guy in a spin cycle, did not triple pump, just put the ball in the basket off the glass. It was a beautiful drive. And... If you're driving a car, you may need to pull on the side of the road if you didn't watch this game, what I'm about to tell you. Gabe shot four four free throws, and Gabe made all four with ease. (laughs) I'm a nervous person, but when Gabe makes all of his free throws, like that doesn't guarantee a win, but it pretty much does guarantee a win. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't bank any of them in, all solid free throws. And, but why he's the MVP, besides all of that and and what he did in the first half, the second half is why he's the MVP. Because he had to sit, he had three fouls, because Gabe, as you know, super aggressive, deals with foul trouble. Huggins tries to maneuver that as best as he can. He needs Gabe on the floor, and... That's just all season, but specifically in conference play, he needs Gabe out there. And so Gabe is out of the game. And guess what? West Virginia's 16-point lead 
with Gabe off the floor, they cut it to seven. And guess what? Gabe comes back into the game. And what happens? Gabe gets a steal. Gabe finds Bridges for a dunk. Gabe takes a charge. Bada bing, bada boom, bada bing. West Virginia's back up 17, right? And all is right with the world because of one man, Gabe Osavoyan. Like, Huggins has been saying he needs Gabe on the floor. When Gabe got his fourth foul, you see Huggins, <laughs> I can't read lips, but it's something along the lines of, hey, man, stop swinging at the guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> it looked like he was playing badminton on his fourth foul, like swinging at, but swinging at a human instead of swinging with a racket at a birdie. You know what I mean? And he was saying like, hey, man, we don't do that. You've been great tonight. I'm paraphrasing. You've been great tonight. Uh, stop swatting like that because we need you out there versus pointing to the bench over there. And so Gabe righted the ship. Gabe <laughs> scored nine straight points at one point in the first half. You know, I'm worrying each game because Taz is out there a bunch when Taz sits, what are we going to do? Can we maintain our lead? And tonight is, I'm worried about when Gabe's sitting. And Gabe had one of his best nights as a Mountaineer, and he only played 17 minutes. So that is a tip of the cap to Gabe Osaboyan. I don't know how you solve that one. Like, I think Gabe only plays one way. And sometimes that involves... <laughs> doing badminton moves. I think that's just in his DNA. And so Huggins, that's why he's getting paid the big bucks to figure out how to get the most minutes out of Gabe Osaboyan because when he's on the floor, especially defensively, it just it's it rubs off on everybody. I mean, Gabe didn't get every stop on defense. But when he's in there, you see Taz Sherman flying around to get a steal, and you see Sean McNeil get a steal. And I swear, I think that's happening because of Gabe's presence on the court. Call me crazy. And 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 the fans eat it up. I just got, yeah, I went to the Kansas State game. I've been to a couple games this season. Jalen Bridges arguably gets the best ovation in the starting lineups. Uh, but when, but there's definitely a round of applause and people are excited when Gabe comes into the game and then reaction to Gabe taking charges. It's the, it's one of the loudest reactions the crowd gives a single player. Jalen Bridges gets love because he's from West Virginia and we're rooting for the hometown guy, but Gabe Ozeboyan is a fan favorite because he's earned it. We know what he does. We love the energy. And he's a fan favorite. It's fantastic. And so West Virginia gets a win that they needed. They're now 2-1 and one in the Big 12. But as we're going to talk about later, it's, it's about to get funky. Random thoughts coming up. The 
the NFL playoffs are here and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down the Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win $280 in free bets if your team is victorious. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving away all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So, here's what you do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. That's just $5 and win $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Down. Hey, ESPN, are you listening to this? You're absolutely not listening to this, but I'm going to act like you are. Hey, ESPN, I know you're a gigantic company. You're part of the Walt Disney Company. You've got a gigantic spreadsheet where you run the numbers to determine who goes to a live sporting event to call a game, right? It's all on one big spreadsheet. I get it. But why does your spreadsheet, and you don't have to tell me the exact formulas, and I know there's a pandemic formula in there, but there's definitely a cash column in there. Why does your spreadsheet say, don't have somebody in Morgantown calling the game? Why? When it's an ESPN Plus game, we get somebody in a broom closet. When it's on ESPN 2, we get somebody in a broom closet. And it's just not fun. <laughs> and it's not your fault. Like, everybody's doing their be- the best they can. And last year it happened because pandemic and there wasn't anybody at some of the games. You know, it was just friends and family at some of these games. And so I get it. But I also see games, i.e. the Waco broadcast, where Fran and Boog are in Waco. And you've got people going out to games. And yes, Baylor's ranked and Texas Tech is ranked. And West Virginia is not ranked and Oklahoma State's not ranked. But you got them on the network. and so. Again, spreadsheet. Again, pandemic. But it's better live. <laughs> you would agree with me, right, ESPN? That is better when your people are live. You know, there's not these one-second delays where somebody's trying to have a conversation and it's the best they can do at having a conversation because technology and delays I did watch the Kansas State game back, and and they just had to be quiet because they didn't have the video feed. And they don't know what's happening. You know why? 
because they're not at the game. So do something different. If you, if the spreadsheet says don't bring a human to Morgantown, then why don't immediately go to the broom closet scenario. You have the Mannings. <laughs> And the Mannings aren't going to call WVU Oklahoma State at 9 p.m. on a <laughs> on a Tuesday night. I get it, but don't you have some other people that you can put on a Zoom camera and just casually observe and make comments on the game versus having a play-by-play? I mean, that's awkward too. If you watch the Mannings on Monday Night Football, there's pauses there. They're not all in the same place, but it's they're not trying to do play-by-play. Play. They're doing something different, and so it, I guess it's more palatable. If you <laughs> Also, here's another option. I'm just throwing stuff out there again, ESPN. I'm sure you're listening to me say these words. What if you just, and this is, I loathe this idea. But it's something different than than standard play-by-play and broadcasting. What if you have Joe Lenardi just hanging out in the corner with his full bracket, and as the game's going on, you just have Joe wheeling and dealing, kind of looking up from his bracket, like, oh, somebody, somebody shot the basket in the hoop, and then get right back to why he thinks, you know, BYU is an 11 seed and why – uh, why <laughs> Oregon State is the first four out or whatever. Like, just something different, right? Here's another idea. How about, you know, Caridi's there. Jay Jacobs and his sweater is there. How about in the scenario where the spreadsheet says, don't bring a person live, Caridi's there live. So just plug your microphone into, <laughs> plug Caridi's microphone into your camera or however it works and have Caridi and just, and, and cut him a check and just have Caridi broadcast the game for you. And guess what? I'm, I bet Kansas State's people are, are there too. Kansas State. I bet Oklahoma State's play-by-play person is there. And so you can just have them on ESPN Plus calling the game because you have ESPN Plus and people pay for it. I'm sure it's just plugging two different microphones into the same camera and have one feed going to ESPN2 and one going to ESPN Plus. You know the business better than I do. I'm just spitballing here. What I don't like is the broom clo- is the broom closet commentating. And I I don't want to I mean pandemic bigger fish to fry, I get it. But you've got situations where they they can't and they're saying out loud, I can't tell what's happening because we're not there. So when you say you're not there, it draws attention and I already know that. And I know you don't know what's happening because I know you're not there. So be there or do something different. That's it. And Or just mix in a game where you have somebody in person versus the broom closet experience. Right? I'm just saying, let's not call every WVU home game 
from a broom closet. All right? Or do all of them from a broom closet because pandemic or do them all live? Or do whatever you want, you know? <laughs> Me saying these words isn't going to change. We're going to get the broom closet so many more times. And now you've got me in a scenario where now, where now I have to figure out technology where I have to mute it and just watch the game without listening to you um, or figuring out how to sync Tony Caridi audio with the game. And I'm sure that's feasible, but it seems like a lot of math and kind of syncing, and I don't want to do that. Whatever. But why are they all in the broom closet for Morgantown specifically? Anybody got an answer for that besides spreadsheet? I don't like it. Maybe you like it. Let me know if you like <laughs> the broom closet experience. Final thoughts coming up. Interact with the show. That just means interact with me on social media, on Twitter at I'm Josh Witt, on Instagram at Unreasonable Doubt WV, on the Facebook at Unreasonable Doubt WV, or just type it in the search bar. Interact. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Down. West Virginia's next game is not on the ESPN network or family of networks. It's a it's a CBS game. There may still be people in a broom closet. I don't think it's going to be broom closet this time because we're going to Lawrence, Kansas. West Virginia, Saturday, 1.30 p.m. WVU plays the Kansas Jayhawks. And I said this earlier in the podcast, but maybe, you know, maybe you're a person who listens to the podcast and you skip <laughs> to towards the end and just start there and listen to podcasts like Memento style. But I don't I don't know if you've ever heard this one. West Virginia's never won at Allen Fieldhouse. Like never. And they've been close a handful of times, like less than a handful of times. Couple games went to overtime. Javon Carter was part of teams that sent Kansas to overtime in the fog. And then there was one game that didn't go to overtime. That it was a close game. And when you look at that box score, something stands out in that one team shot 35 free throws. This is not, this one has not aged well. Kansas shot 35 free throws in a close game. And West Virginia shot two. (laughs) I mean, you can't make that up. 35 to two. Uh, And uh, did I tell you the part where West Virginia lost that one too? Yeah, so, and speaking of home cooking, Kansas, I saw the clip of Iowa State. Iowa State gave Kansas a game, had a three-point open look. Iowa State at the buzzer to win it. Could not, but 
there was an absolute goaltend call and the game was a one-point game, Kansas wins, but it should have won one point the other way, one would argue, because of an obvious goaltend that was missed. So West Virginia, uh, you know, the odds are stacked against them. Kansas is really good. Lots of experience everywhere, lots of height. Uh, You know, one of Iowa State's best players is coming off the bench for Kansas this year. Remy Martin came over from Arizona State. So he's not tall. He's six foot, but he's really good at basketball. All those guys, it's not like a bunch of freshmen. It's not a Kentucky situation. These guys are experienced. This is the backbone of a team that uh, was really good last year, even though they didn't win the conference. They have eyes on winning the conference this year. And so it's tough sledding for WVU. Because of the whole, they've never done it before. But are they? They've got to do it once, right? <laughs> Is this going to be? We and and West Virginia does fine in the Coliseum against Kansas. They're going to do it once. But you know what? Let's just mark it a loss for Saturday. I'll say right now that WVU will not win against Kansas. Because history, but at some point they're going to win one, right? And we've agreed that it's not going to be this Saturday. But at some point they are going to win at Kansas, right? Maybe when we least expect it. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms or just pick one. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Pocket Cast, CastBox. Subscribe, or there's no subscribe button anymore, but there's a follow button. Hit the follow button if you listen to this podcast. That helps the podcast, I think. If you see stars, and there's typically when you see stars, you see five, rate this podcast all of the five stars, even if you despise this podcast. Uh, help me out. I think that helps this podcast. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Down WVU for the 2021-2022 season. 13 wins, 2 losses.